Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. And if you're visiting, we're particularly happy to have you. It is good to have my daughter Erin here. She flew up yesterday from Greenville, South Carolina, which means life will be miserable for me this week because she, first of all, takes my lazy boy for the week. She confiscates it, and it means there's nothing on our TV but Hallmark Christmas movies all week. We, the Lord has blessed, though. I mentioned, I think it was Wednesday night, that uh, Aaron said, Dad, I'm coming up there, and I expect a white Christmas. And I knew that, you know, if it were not, life would be more miserable with her being here. So thank you, Lord, for the little bit of snow that we got. I think it makes for a minimal white Christmas if this is all we got. But I think we can get by with the fact that we can consider this a white Christmas. So uh, it is good to have Aaron here. And you say, can you pick at your daughter like that? Unmercifully, I can pick at her because she does the same thing with me. Look at her like, who, me? Not me. Well, everybody, I, I wish all families had the ability to pick and joke with one another. I realize, sadly, that some do not. You know, people have to walk on eggshells around each other, and, and that's sad. And it may be as a result of something lacking in your life or the other person's life, and it's what we're talking about this morning. The title of the message is, I am come a light into the world. In John chapter 12, verse number 46, we're going to focus on this singular verse this morning and the significance of it. John chapter 12, verse number 46 says, and this is quoting Jesus Christ, he says, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Do you understand the significance of that statement? Can you begin to understand what that means? It is a true statement. Now, whether you understand it or not, the statement is true. Whether you like it or not, the statement is true. Whether you believe it or not, the statement is true. That Jesus came a light into the world. And that whosoever believeth, should not abide in darkness. It's significant for a number of reasons which we will get into, but one of the most significant things is every one of you in this room who are not saved, and I hope it's nobody, but if there's a person or persons in this room that is not saved, do you understand you are dwelling in darkness, in spiritual darkness? And those of us in this room who are saved, but we have friends, neighbors, co-workers, and family that are not saved, they will tell you, I don't believe it, I don't buy it, I believe this life is all there is, there's no more to it than what you see. Do you understand those people are in darkness 
And that would go a long way towards explaining a lot of things. It really goes a long way towards explaining a lot of things. Now on Tuesday, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we'll gather as friends and families. Most families will probably exchange gifts that day. Most families will enjoy a good meal. And the birth of Jesus Christ, which happened approximately 2,000 years ago, is definitely worth celebrating. But why are we celebrating it? Are we celebrating a kind of a heartwarming, sentimental story about this poor young couple who had a baby in a dirty old manger, you know, a stable, a stall? Are we celebrating the fact that it was the miracle of a virgin birth? Now, that in and of itself would be worth celebrating. I'll grant you that. Are we celebrating the fact that that night the sky was lit up with angels announcing his birth, proclaiming his birth? Are we celebrating the fact that he would grow up to be an articulate speaker who inspired people? Why are we, or why should we be celebrating his birth. Well, I think the verse that we're focusing on this morning explains why we should celebrate the birth of Christ, why we should have a celebration that we have labeled Christmas. He says, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. He was born in a manger to bring light into a spiritually dark world. This world is in a state of moral and spiritual and ethical darkness. Naturally, men know nothing of God themselves. He had to be born into this world to reveal himself, to shine as light before men. They need light. Charles Spurgeon I quote him often. He's probably the most quoted Christian outside of any of the Bible characters. And talking about that verse, he he equated that verse with Christmas to his congregation in England over a hundred years ago. And let me quote him. You can read on the screen behind me. This is what Spurgeon told his congregation. That Jesus is the light, the light of the world is to be seen in all parts of his blessed history. Look at him in his cradle. Shines there a star above the house wherein the young child sleeps. Brighter far than yonder star is he who lies cradled in the manger. He has come. The predictions of whose advent had illumined centuries of darkness. As a babe, devout men hail him. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. To the eye of faith, what radiance emanates from the newborn babe. Look, for the like was never looked on before. And then he concludes, There God is veiled in human flesh. Behold the mystery of the incarnation. God is manifest in our nature. He dwells among us. The light is clear and dazzling. 
Well might the angel have sung glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill, uh, peace, goodwill towards men. Sweet babe, he says, thou hast pierced the thick darkness of earth's sorrow. Thou hast enlightened her scenes of sadness, infusing joy into her gloom. Christmas is about light coming into a dark and dreadful, sin-cursed world. This next statement, without the birth of Christ, every now listen to this. Without the birth of Christ, every man, woman, boy, and girl would be living under the curse of darkness as a result of their sins, condemning them to death and eternity in hell. The birth of Christ brought hope to a lost and dying world. Had Christmas not occurred, had Christ not come, you and I would be without hope. We would live with the horror of the fact that we would die a just death, a, 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 a death because we are sinners, and be separated from God for all eternity in a horrible place called hell, were it not for Christmas. John twelve forty six is a quote from Christ, who again clearly stated why he came. And there's not a more important statement in the history of the world. There's, there's no more important event. He says, I am come again, a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now, in that verse, Jesus uses two metaphors to explain or to help explain why he came, why he was born in a manger. He uses two uh, metaphors, two literary devices to help us understand what happened that night. He says, number one, I am come a light. And what he is saying there, he is saying, if you understand the good qualities of light, then you better, you, you are in a better position to understand me. He compares himself to light. Because he knows if you understand light and the good qualities of light, then you have a better understanding of who he is and what he came to do. And then he says that you should not abide in darkness. So what he is saying there in that metaphor is he's saying if you understand the bad qualities of darkness, then you understand the danger you are in if you don't know the light. So what we know about light and its good qualities help us to understand Jesus. And what we know about the dread, if you will, of darkness helps us to understand the danger we are in without Jesus. This Bible verse is keenly important because it makes three important uh, declarative statements. What are they? Here's, here's what we're going to learn this morning. These three things, okay? Because I want you to go, look, I'm up here going to bat for you, okay? If you're saved, I want you to understand the significance of what that means, if you're not saved, I want you to embrace the opportunity that you have this morning. Three statements come out of that verse. 
Number one, what we know to be true about light gives us knowledge of the benefits that come with the birth of Jesus. Number two, what we know to be true about darkness gives us knowledge of the harm that comes in rejecting Christ. To escape the harm of rejecting Christ and experiencing the benefits of accepting Christ, one has only simply to believe. And you know, in this world, there's a lot of important things to know. A lot of important things to remember. But there's nothing more significant than the truths of this verse. So, number one. What we know to be true about light gives us knowledge of the benefits that came with the birth of Jesus Christ. What do we know about light? Because what we know about light helps us to know about Jesus. And when you know this about Jesus, I would encourage you, if you don't know him, to run to him this morning. Because it's all good with him. So what do we know? Seven things. Number one, light allows us to see. Light allows us to see what darkness conceals. Light allows you to see the beauty around you. Light allows you to see the threats around you. Psalm 119, verse number 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The Lord brings us into the light. The Lord allows us to see. He opens our eyes. Jesus is the light that lets you see the beauty of righteousness and purity. If you're not born again, you're not impressed by righteousness and and, and purity. You think that's just old, outdated, antiquated, Victorian stuff. You don't see it because you don't have the light. You understand? You're walking in darkness. The people in this room who are saved who have experienced the light, the light allows them to see what you can't see. And what do they see? They see the value. They see the beauty of righteousness and purity. And Jesus is the light that lets you see the threats of unrighteousness and sin. And you Christians, you're so old-timey. You don't get in this. You don't get involved in that. No, we see the threats that you don't see. And why don't you see it? Because you're blind. You're walking in darkness. I don't expect you to see it. You can't see what I see. That's why I don't go where you go. I don't do what you do. I don't listen to what you listen to. I don't dress the way you dress. Because I see it. You don't see it. You can't see it. Light allows us to see. Light, number two, brings life. Think about it. It's just a scientific fact. Light is necessary for plant and animal life. Light is necessary for human life. Concerning the Lord, John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have life more abundantly. We know, because of the light that Jesus gives us physical life, we know that this didn't just happen by chance. Now, people in darkness, they don't know any better. They, they, don't, they don't see what I see. They, they, they don't know of the life that, that Jesus gives. Light gives life 
Jesus compares himself to light. We know that Jesus gives life as well. Jesus gives us physical life. Jesus gives us spiritual life. So light brings life. And that's why when you're around unsaved people, there's a heaviness there. There, If there's any kind of joy, it's some kind of um, man-made event requiring drugs, often requiring alcohol. Lost people can't get together and have a party without alcohol. They can't get together and have a wedding without alcohol. You know, why? Because they're blind. They can't see. They can't see that there is life in Jesus Christ, and it is abundant. Number three, light purifies. You think about it. Oftentimes, you put things out in the sun. You know, we have a back deck, and Sharon's always putting different things out there in the sun. You, you put things out in the sun to dry it out. You put things out in the sun to prevent mold. You put things out in the sun to get uh, bad odors out of it. We know that light purifies. Jesus says, I am the light. Psalm 51.10, in his word, confirms that. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So as light purifies, Jesus compares himself to light we can conclude that Jesus purifies. Jesus can purify our hearts. He can purify our thinking. He can purify our actions. And that's some of the reasons that we do the things we do. We do go to church. We do read our Bibles. We do tithe. We do these things because we're walking in the light. We, we, we see We see that it purifies. We know that it purifies. We know that we're better people because we have come to the light. The world doesn't get it. They're walking in darkness. We know, number four, that light heals. Light has certain healing properties. We know that sunlight can heal certain skin issues. You need to go out in the sun. Sunlight, I found this out, I don't really understand it, but in my research for this message, sunlight can even help blood pressure. So we know that light has healing qualities about it, and Jesus compares himself to light. So we can rightly conclude, because he made the comparison, not me, he said, I am the light of the world. We can conclude that Jesus heals. Psalm 147.3 confirms that in his word. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. We know that Jesus can heal the brokenhearted. We know that Jesus can heal relationships. We know that he is the key to all of that. Jesus heals. And I have seen in my life so many relationships healed. I have seen through Jesus Christ. I have seen broken hearts heal through Jesus Christ. I don't see that in the lost population. I see anger. I see bitterness. I see frustration. I see greater anger all the time. You see it on the streets and 
uh, road rage and all that kind of stuff, as we drift away from the light, we're not getting those healing qualities. And relationships and hearts are being broken. Number five, light cheers. Light can cheer up people. It has a scientific effect. Sunshine can boost levels of serotonin. And I've read it's called the body's natural happy hormone. But sunshine also reduces levels of melatonin, the body's sleep hormone. So they will say here in northern Michigan and further north where we have so much darkness in the winter, bring in lights. There are certain lights that you can bring into your home because light will cheer you up. And the Bible confirms this, Psalm 1611. Thou wilt, sh- thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Light cheers. And Jesus says, compare me to light. And the Bible says, he does cheer. We're cheered and our hearts are lifted by the love of Jesus. We're cheered by the faithfulness of Jesus. We, we, we can be truly happy, and, and we don't need um, illegal drugs to make us happy. We don't need alcohol to make us happy. We don't need off-color comedians up here to get us to, lo- to laugh. We can know a real and a true joy, a cheer, if you will, because we've been in the presence of the light. Number six, light gives security. Light gives security. A lot of people are afraid of the dark. Light will eliminate fears. Light shows children that there really aren't any monsters in the room. Light shows adults that there's really no burglar in the house. We need to understand that God gives us security. Psalm 118.6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Jesus compares himself to light. Light eliminates fears. It gives us security. Oh, everything is okay. That's what God does. We get courage from knowing the Lord is with us. We have confidence Because we know the Lord is with us. There is a security. He is our ever-present security light, if you will, that never goes out. Number seven, light brings hope. Light brings hope. Light gives optimism. It rejuvenates the spirit. The light of dawn has often encouraged people who we made it through the night, the sun's coming up, everything's going to be okay. Uh, The the light on uh, on a lighthouse has given encouragement and hope to a sailor. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. Oh, there it is. There's that lighthouse. That's where the town is. That's where the safe harbor is. Light brings hope. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. That's a metaphor which means everything you know about light, all the good qualities of light apply to him, including hope. Psalm 71, 14, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. It's Jesus that can, has, and will brought hope to the brokenhearted. 
It's Jesus who has, can, and will bring hope to the downtrodden. So, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he said that intentionally in that he compared himself to light because he knew the people I'm talking to then and 2,000 years later, they have an appreciation for light. Light is a, is a good thing. And what you know about light, the good things you know about light, you know about me. Now, have you experienced the light? Because if you haven't experienced the light, that brings us to point number two. Then right now, you are living in spiritual darkness. So what we know about darkness tells us what it means, and and, and it tells us of the, the, the problems that come in not knowing Jesus the light. So what we know to be true about darkness gives us knowledge of the harm that comes from rejecting Jesus. Seven here, I'll go through these quicker. What do we know about darkness? Because those that do not live in the light, that are not saved, you are experiencing darkness, spiritual darkness. Number one, darkness causes people to stumble. Ever stumble in the middle of the night because you couldn't see what was on the floor? Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. I I get so frustrated with judge shows. I mean, I'm thinking, what's wrong with you people? How could you do that? How could you say that? How could you think that? What made you think that was a good idea? Answer, you're walking in darkness. They're walking in... They can't equate their actions with the consequences. They are walking... That explains so much about the people that you love but are frustrated with. What's wrong with my brother? What's wrong with my aunt? What's wrong with my child? Well, if they're doing crazy stuff and they're not saved, they're walking in darkness. People who live in darkness stumble. They stumble in their relationships. They stumble in finances. They stumble in all areas of their life. Number two, what do we know about darkness? Darkness paralyzes. When you can't see, you don't want to move. The lights go out. Everybody be still. It paralyzes. Psalm 107.10, Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being found in affliction and iron. Darkness paralyzes us. So many people who live in darkness are paralyzed through addictions. People who live in darkness are paralyzed by so many bad attitudes and bad spirit, anger, uh, bitterness, just you name it. And it paralyzes, their life stops because they're eaten up with bitterness or anger or jealousy. Darkness paralyzes. Number three, darkness breeds ignorance. Darkness doesn't allow you to know what that sound was you heard outside at one o'clock in the morning. So you are ignorant of what's going on around you because of the darkness. Psalm 82.5, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. 
All the foundations of the earth are out of course. People who live in darkness are they, they, they're walking in ignorance. And again, that explains. It just seems like, again, if I could refer to those judge shows, because those are just ordinary people coming on there. And I'm thinking, so many times, these, they come up with schemes. They come up with ideas. They're living together. They're having kids out of wedlock. And, and, and they're, they're, now they're in court. And I'm thinking, what made you think that was a good idea? And then it dawns on me, they don't know. They don't, they're walking in darkness. They are blind to the truth. Sunday school teachers we, and, and people in the choir, faithful members of churches, yet we have problems and we still make mistakes. But we live in a sin-cursed world and we're still dealing with our flesh. But it's a fact, and I'm going to share this with you in just a second. I want to hurry and get to it. That Christian lives are significant... True Christian believers, okay? There's a lot of Christians out there. It just complicates things that they're, they're phony, they're fake, they're not true believers. It makes it complicated. But those who are truly born again, facts are their lives as a whole, even though they still have problems, are far superior to those walking in darkness. Far superior by any measurement you want to use. Darkness paralyzes. Darkness breeds ignorance. Let me be quick. Darkness creates anguish. Darkness can create fear and anxiety. Psalm 88.6, Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Darkness is never equated with, hey, this is fun. This is great. I love it. No, it's always associated with anguish. Number five, darkness hides threats. Darkness can hide the threat of of a wild animal outside your tent. You hear something, but you don't know what it is. Maybe it's a raccoon, maybe it's a coyote. Who knows? Psalm 104.20, Thou makest darkness and it's night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. Number six, darkness kills. Put a plant down in your basement in the dark. Put a child in total darkness. Put any living thing in total darkness. And eventually, it's going to succumb to the darkness. It's going to die. Darkness kills. Psalm 143.3. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness. As those that have long, have been long dead. And number seven. And we've intimated this all along. Darkness blinds. Darkness can make you very vulnerable to deception. It can make you vulnerable. People can get away in the dark with, with doing things they couldn't otherwise. Psalm sixty nine twenty three: Let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually to shake. Ooh, it's dark. I don't know what's out there. And the person starts shaking. Just darkness blinds to you to what's around you, and it makes you it makes you vulnerable. This explains so much, folks. The frustrations you have with yourself and the frustrations you have with others. What we know to be true about light gives us knowledge of the benefits that comes with the birth of Jesus. What we know to be true about darkness gives us knowledge of the harm that comes in rejecting Jesus. John 12, 46 is a bold claim. 
I am come a light into that world of darkness that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now that's a bold claim. That's a bold claim. Those people that follow Jesus in this world right now, it says, are living in the light. Those that reject Christ are living in darkness. Let's just call that a hypothesis. Let's test it. We ought to be able to test that. Either it's true or it's false. Those are bold statements. Neither it's true or it's false. We ought to be able to go out into, like I like to say, you go out those doors, you're in the laboratory of life. I read this article, how religious faith benefits society. This has been tested out there in the laboratory of life. Believers give more to charity. Believers live longer, healthier lives. Believers tend to be much happier and more satisfied than the irreligious. Believers cope better with crisis. Believers enjoy higher rates of marital stability and marital satisfaction. Not so much at my house, but all the other believers experience that. Believers, I thought that was funny, but Sharon, we'll discuss that when I get home. Okay, believers are less likely to be depressed. Believers are less likely to become alcoholics or drug addicts. These are substantiated facts through surveys and polls and studies. Believers are less likely to commit suicide. Believers are less likely to commit crimes. Elderly religious people are much likely to be depressed. In another article entitled, Why Religion Matters Even More, The Impact of Religious Practice on Social Stability, this statement, and I quote, Regular attendance at religious services is linked to healthy, stable family life, strong marriages, and well-behaved children. The practice of religion also leads to a reduction in the incidence of domestic abuse, crime, substance abuse, and addiction. In addition, addition, religious practice leads to an increase in physical and mental health, longevity, and education attainment. Let's take that statement. I am the light of the world. And if you believe in me, you'll not live in darkness and tested in the laboratory of life, and folks, it's true. It is absolutely, undeniably true. Which leads us to our third and final point. To escape the harm of rejecting Christ, and, it, and to experience the benefits of accepting Christ, one has simply to believe. One has simply to believe. John twelve forty six. I am come a light into the world that whosoever. Okay, he's come as a light to the world. If you're part of this world, okay, he's talking to you. And he says that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. To believe in Christ is to repent of your sins and trust him as your Savior. To acknowledge that you're a sinner and to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's not just to believe that he lived, that he was a historical figure. Uh, because the, the demons accepted Christ in that sense. No, it's personal. It's you coming to the point that you 
realize who he is. He is truly the light that came into the darkness. And you've been living in the darkness. And you want out of the darkness. And you want into the light. The light that brings so many blessings in this world. It is simply by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We started with Spurgeon this morning. We'll end with Spurgeon this morning. The light that streams from Christ is visible, but not to eyes that are shut, not to hearts that are hardened, not to consciences that are seared. Open your eyes. It is all you have to do. Look, sinner. Look and live. All around you is the light of everlasting love. Do but open those poor eyes of yours that unbelief has kept closed so long. O Lord, open thou the sinner's eyes that he may now see. The light is all around thee, brother. The light is all around thee. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.